0: You are listening to the uh, Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman and Joe Shaski coming at you every week. We want you to rate, review, subscribe, ring the bell, get those notifications, tell your neighbors, listen to this podcast because this is what we do here on the Odyssey Sports Network. Shasky, this is a really big week for the Giants. I want to get into some kind of current Giants topics here because... These next two weeks are huge for the Giants in terms of what this season means. And starting with these these four games against the Reds, uh, we are recording this on a Monday, uh, the 17th, by the way. Most of you will probably hear this on Tuesday. Uh, This is going to be released Monday afternoon, right before we can get to this Reds game. But the Reds, I mean, they kind of stumble coming into the series, but this is a team that has been uh, red hot for most of the season. And I think if you could, this is a serious test for the Giants in terms of just how legitimate of a postseason contender. They could actually be going into Cincinnati a uh, place there. The Giants have kind of struggled at times over the years. Uh, what do you mean? How how high are the stakes really for the Giants going into this four game set in Cincy? I think it's going to be an awesome series. And uh, yeah, I think this is a good litmus test, a, a measuring stick game, if you will. I also think that you're looking at a young team with a player who's cooled off a little, but Ellie la Cruz is everything the Giants are looking for. And then some, right? Oh, yeah. I am very much looking forward to Ellie De Cruz's first stolen base attempt tonight because I really want to see him against Patrick Bailey. I, I just I mean we talk about Bailey's hitting all the time and you are one of the loudest voices in terms of pumping up him, him defensively and watching him throw watching Bailey throw dudes out is, is it's, it's more fun than watching him hit sometimes. So I am very excited to see just kind of how he stacks up trying to throw out De La Cruz. We saw him, saw him go against Corbin Carroll already this year. That's one battle that we're going to be having a lot of fun watching for the next 12 to 13 years. Him against De La Cruz, I mean, it won't be as consistent as as Bailey versus, versus Carroll, but it'll still be a lot of fun. Really, I see this as a series where if you can, if you can at least split this series, I think at minimum you have to at n- split this series with the Reds. If you take three of four, though, I think it ups your credibility in terms of what you are As a postseason contender, especially going into a series against the Nationals this weekend, because you take if you could take three or four against the Reds, then you have six games against the Nationals, Tigers and A's. And you have to stuff your face with those six games. And that could put you in a situation where you're 15, 16 games above 500 going into the deadline. And I think this gets to my next point where, you know. What kind of a deadline do you expect out of the Giants? Because I think this week will really determine the answer to that question. What kind of a deadline do you expect out of the Giants? A hundred percent agree. I I think this is everything right now leading up to the deadline. You have to prove to this ownership group that this year's team is worthy to buy in and increase payroll. No. Oh, absolutely. Now, Farhan, uh, was asked uh, last, last Friday before the all-star break of the team, if he can add payroll, they've had the conversations about it. It sounds like he does have the green light to add payroll. Now uh, that means that they'll just go get Shohei Ohtani, right? No, that's not where I'm going to go with this, but I guess there is when it comes to the deadline. Now, obviously I think we can all agree that if the Giants got Shohei Ohtani, we would call that an A plus deadline. Yes, sure. We can all agree with that. Um, Is there a way the Giants can have an A-plus deadline that involves not Shohei Ohtani being traded to the Giants, though? Hmm. Yeah, if you go get, like, Shane Bieber or someone who's under team control for next year, because they clearly need another starter for next year. Right, Sam? Absolutely. I would agree with that. And to be honest, there's a part of me, and maybe we get this to another time, but there's a part of me who would rather have kind of that kind of an A-plus deadline than, like, a Shohei Ohtani A-plus deadline. I look at this team as... I compare this deadline and what the Giants should do to the 2009 trade deadline, where none of the moves the Giants made, I thought, really kind of lit the house up. Uh, Freddie Sanchez, very nice move. They got him for Tim Alderson. And did it help that year? Yes. But where that deal really helped out was in 2010. Yeah. And, you know, it got it drummed up excitement. Uh, at the end of that season, remember the, the last that, that run at the end of 2009? It was an exciting run. You know, the Giants had that we're in this campaign. It got you yes. jazzed up uh, over that final month of the season. Obviously, the offense, they kind of fell short. They didn't call Posey up. Who knows how things are different if they call him up sooner and let him play. But that's kind of the vibe I get here. It's you know what? Generate excitement going into 2024 and get someone who can help you out in generating that excitement this year. And if you make the playoffs, that's good. But next year, though, that's where it becomes real, and that's why, like, I like the idea of a Shane Bieber. I really love the idea of a Marcus Stroman. Yeah, this is where the finances kind of get a little hairy, though, with it. And Farhan's gonna have to get creative in terms of, sh- you know, shedding some money and in terms of bringing some money back in. Because, and this is, I know we love talking about money, and the, the Giants they have 11 million to play with before they cross that CBT threshold and have to start paying taxes on money. And I know they want to have a clean cap sheet. Uh, before they try and throw a bunch of money at Shohei Otani. At some point, though, if you're Farhan, it's just like, hey, we just took three or four against the Reds and we just stuffed our faces against three really bad teams. To hell with the CBT (laughs) threshold. I'm always on team spend a billionaire's money. If I'm Farhan, I'm on team spend my billionaire boss's money at, at some point, especially if you have a hot week this week. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I'm always wanting to spend more money, but they have to spend wisely. They've spent poorly, you know, Ross Stripling and Mania, Jock Peterson. I mean, it's like 40 million dollars of crap. I mean, let's just Mm -hmm. call it what it is. Fifty million dollars of crap. So I don't really want to hear about, oh, we need to have a clean financial sheet. We'll stop paying mediocre players decent money. Yeah, and that's where I think the real heat's going to start to come on Farhan is, yeah, this was not a smart offseason for them money-wise at this point. It's getting even worse next year when Mania and uh, Stripling execute their $15 million player options, (laughs) barring two of the most incredible second-half pitching runs we've ever seen in Major League history. And that's going to be the frustrating part. Now, maybe another angle to look at this is just how much heat should be on Farhan if there's kind of a ho-hum deadline. You know, if he kind of does like – Kind of like last year, they didn't really do anything exciting. I mean, they moved Darren Ruff and brought in J.D. Davis, which in hindsight was not exciting at the time. But, I mean, you're loving that deal right now. At this point, I, I remember last year saying, you know, I just I don't want the, the usual spiel. And I'm kind of in that again. I don't want something ho-hum either moved off of guys because you want to who do you want to move off? A jock or a conforto or whatever. What I don't. Th- I don't think you're in sell mode, though. I really don't think you're in sell mode. I think you're in you have to buy mode, and. But what are you buying? Just starting pitching like everyone else. Well, that's going to be the real. That's why I think it's going to suck, and I think this going to be the fun uh, conundrum that Farhan has to deal with here in this trade deadline. Is I, I, I don't know how aggressive, how urgent. He's he's feeling to make these moves, but yeah, everyone and their brother is gonna want a starting pitcher at this deadline. Has he gotten and his extension yet? Farhan, no, that we'll we'll know for sure when that happens. My guess is if any extensions coming this off season, but yeah, everyone's gonna want starting pitching. And you know, the way it works, and uh I'll this be my last thought before we get out of here is that basic economics 101. There's a low demand, there's a low supply, there's a high demand. Yep. Farhan, the way that Farhan does business and I know it's because I've asked him about this numerous times, this is how he got the Mark Melanson deal done. Farhan will stand up, he will plant his feet on the ground, and he will say, this is the deal, you will accept it, or you will go elsewhere. Now, that is how they got the Braves to take all of Melanson's contracts and give him Tristan back in return. That is how Farhan acquired uh, Chris Bryant for two prospects whose names we're never, ever going to remember. Yes. The problem, I I, I love that. I kind of like that approach. I love that kind of, you know, my way or the highway kind of approach. Most times it worked. He's made it work a couple of times. I don't think that will work this year because there's going to be some team that's going to be stupid and overpay. And it's like, oh, you want my, you know, number six and number nine prospect for Marcus Stroman. Well, I'm going to give you my eight and 13. And that's the deal you're going to take. And the Cubs are like, well, team over here wants to give us their number three and the number four prospect, So we're going to go with that deal instead. And if I'm far, home, it's like, oh, well, okay, fine. Let that team be stupid. I guess you, you you kind of give Farhan, you know, grief for never yeah, making I that bold move. I just want to see him do something that gets me out of my seat. Just do I something. I feel I like just, the guy with the stick. I'm poking him. Do something. <laughs> I do think gonna do something. I just – one thing I know he's never going to do, I feel like, is we're never going to say, oh, Farhan really overpaid for that guy. And if you want to look at the glass half full, yeah, sure, the glass might be a quarter full in this situation. But if you want to look at the glass half full, there's something to be glass half full about. That said, um, let's go take three or four from the Reds and have this conversation again on Friday. So uh, for Sam Lummon and Joe Shasky, this is the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. 66% of the games will more than 66% of the games will be available this week. And uh, we'll be talking about it later this week and we will catch you on the next one.